Like one that on some lonesome road doth walk in fear and dread, and having once turned round walks on, and turns no more his head, because he knows a frightful fiend doth close behind him tread. From the Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner by Samuel Taylor Coleridge. Once again, hey to all you folks out there in the hinterlands. I'm Rock, and this is my co-host, Max. And as always, we're going to be your guys as we traverse the halls of all things supernatural over here on Nightmares and Daydreams. Yes, yes. Welcome. Here at Nightmares and Daydreams, Rock and I are going to discuss and debate our way through all things paranormal, legendary, and monstrous. And as always, fun. Yes, Max. As we always say, fun is important. It's the best. I agree. Fun is the best, but you want to know it's not funny. What's that? Walking home after a night out, minding your own business, only to hear soft footfalls behind you. And as you turn around your face with a massive black dog with eyes of fire and white fangs glinting in the moonlight. And he's staring right at you. Puppy. <laughs> That's all kind of nope right there. That's all kind of nope, like you said. You know, you probably should have just taken the Uber, huh? Probably. But then again, many of the encounters we're tackling tonight were happening well before the days of Uber. Maybe calling for a coach might be a better term. Oh, nice. Call for a carriage and pair. Mayhap, good coachman, meet me in front of the yawning portal tavern in Festhall in half an hour. I've mead to finish first. Sounds good to me. So the subject of this week's episode are road predators. Those phantoms, creatures, and cryptids that haunt the lonely lanes that solo travelers sometimes find themselves. Unwise was the wayfarer who traveled by night. Greedy eyes glittered, claws curled, teeth clicked. That's our favorite line. For those out there that are unfamiliar with it, go get yourself the entire Time Life Enchanted World series. You won't be sorry. I love those books. Ditto, man. Hey, if you love magic, legends, creatures, great stories, get on the eBay and find the entire 21 volume set. So great. But Max, let's not digress as we often do. So road predators. Yeah. And I'm not talking about those tow trucks waiting for people to park in the wrong spots either. Those scavengers. All over Austin with you on that. No, we're talking about those beasts, many of them that are often giant black dogs that travelers over the centuries have had some super frightening encounters with. The general name that they're most known by, Black Dogs. And I'm not talking about the 1998 movie starring Meatloaf and Patrick Swayze either. Please don't. Just don't. (laughs) It's not going to happen, Max. I'm focused. Black Dogs, yes, those haunters of nighttime walks along the lonely lanes of the British Isles and other parts of Europe. Yes, and at first we thought black dogs were mainly a staple of British folklore, as you said. But as we'll see, these calf-sized canines travel. Before we get into the various names of these beasts, let's just touch on a few commonalities that they all have, shall we? We shall. But first off, I just want to say that black dogs are also the inspiration for one of my favorite Sherlock Holmes stories, Hound of the Baskervilles. Love me some Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. But anybody named Conan is kind of a badass. Agreed. So, the commonalities? Okay, most of these... Well, some people call them entities, bogeys, or spirits, and other folks call them straight-up monsters. I like monsters. We need more monsters on this podcast. Fair enough. So these monsters, as we'll call them, have a few traits that they all seem to share. First and foremost is that they're all only sighted at night, 
and almost always encountered by lone travelers on deserted roads, patrolling the lonely lanes for those foolish enough to be out and about by themselves. Classic monster behavior. Agree. Secondly, after they appear, one must never interact or attack them or try to drive them away. Once they're at your side, just keep your eyes on the road and keep on walking, as hard as that may seem. So what happens if folks try to drive them off? Several things. The worst of them is death or a wound that never heals, and the least is sickness or bad luck. Pretty bad. So let walking dogs walk. These monsters sound like the perfect enemies of mailmen around the world, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing they only deliver mail during the day, and black dogs are, for the most part, I think, only sighted at night. Right. A capsized dog is the last thing a mail carrier wants to see on the daily rounds. Agreed. Anything else? Well, the last characteristic is that of an omen or harbinger. So like the banshee. Just so, yeah. And in some cases, it's believed that merely seeing one of these beasts portends death, usually within a year. So not friendly or super positive. Not friendly at all. They're pretty much the anti-lottery Labrador. Let's just get that out there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and also, just because we're not all doom and gloom, there have been instances where black dogs have appeared to lost travelers and have guided them back to safety. So maybe it just depends on their moods. Yeah, like if they had their walkies and treaties for the day, maybe they're more inclined to help people. Walkies and treaties make everything better. In all seriousness, I wonder what makes one black dog a good boy or a naughty boy. That's one thing we always ponder. Who's making up the rules that these supernatural creatures must abide by? I guess we'll probably never know. Agreed, and that's what makes the supernatural realm so damn interesting. That's why we do this. For sure. So kind of like Hags, I like the different names that these creatures have. I'll go first, and this guy is probably the most famous of the crew, Black Shuck. Oh, I've heard of him. Black Shuck is large, about the size of a donkey. Some tales say he only has one eye. Now, whether he has one or two eyes, accounts say his eyes glow a fiery red and emit showers of green or red sparks. Well, that'll get your attention. Yeah, for sure. And he haunts East Anglia in England. And we posit his name comes from the Anglo-Saxon word. Skuka, meaning demon. He patrols the salt marshes and coastlines, riverbanks, dunes, graveyards, searching for travelers out after dark. Call that Uber. In Suffolk and Norfolk, seeing Black Shuck is a bad omen. He invokes death and sickness. That said, in Essex, maybe he just likes Essex people better, but he's <laughs> known to guard travelers from attack and guide them to safety. There we see the duality of Black Shuck being both predator and guardian. Really interesting. Okay, so I'm going to bring up the bar guest. Nice. Bar guest. Another old school D&D monster. The best monsters are old school D&D monsters. Okay, the bar guest is another huge black dog, and he haunts the northern English counties of Durham, Northumberland, and Yorkshire. Uh, this guy has horns, fiery eyes, and fangs, and can be as large as a bear. And in some accounts, it drags a chain, while in others, it's wrapped in chains. It reminds me of Marley's ghost in uh, Christmas Carol. Absolutely, and sometimes you can hear the chains well before the bar guest arrives. So this guy also does the portent of doom thing. He brings bad luck, disease, and disaster when he's sighted. Also, he sets all the dogs in the area around Leeds howling when anyone of stature was about to die. Wow, very banshee-like, these monsters. Yep. What's next? A black dog story? All right, all right, all right. Cardinal Crescentius was a most desperate persecutor of the people of God. He was the Pope's ambassador to the Council of Trent, and being one night busy in writing to his master, the Pope, a huge black dog with flaming eyes and long ears dangling down to the ground appeared to him in his chamber 
and went under the table where he sat, upon which the cardinal was amazed. But as soon as he had recovered himself, he called his servants to put the black dog that came into his chamber out. But they looked round his chambers and could find no black dog. Upon which the cardinal fell presently sick with a strong conceit, which never left him till his death. Still crying out, Drive away the black dog, drive away the black dog, which seemed to him to be climbing in his bed. And in that humor, he died. Man, like you said earlier, very banshee-like some of these monsters. Absolutely. That guy was a kind of a mix of a harbinger of doom and personal tormentor for the cardinal. Again, so interesting the many roles that the black dogs take. You have something else for us? An interesting entry, the galley trot out of Suffolk, England. Now, this is a large white dog, not black, but white. So let's not confuse him for a good guy, because like the other road monsters, he silently appears alongside people walking on lonely roads and harasses them. Not all good guys wear white. Let it be written, let it be said. True that. His preferred locale is a bog called Bathslough, from which he would come splashing out and scare the holy hell out of passing travelers. I mean, seriously, Max, what the hell would you do if you seen a huge white dog running out of the damn bog at you? Uh, well... That's a question for the ages. I like to say I'd be cool and just keep on walking, but, you know... Suddenly the lore leaves your head very quickly. Mm-hmm. And you just want to get away. But, Max, that's the odd thing, because Black Shuck is also said to come from the shore out of the water to begin his nightly patrolling of East Anglia. Could maybe they be water spirits? Galley trot, Black Shuck? Maybe an alternate form of the Kelpie or the Buckland Shag? Buckland Shag. There's a joke in there somewhere. So, the Buckland Shag is a water horse out of County Devon in England, and he tramples his victims to death. Doesn't do the whole drowning and eating thing, just murders him entirely. Bad horsey. But seriously, that's an interesting theory. Malevolent water spirits that inhabit two different forms. Sounds very much like the Cluda out of Belgian lore that operates under the same guidelines as black dogs. Mm. Only difference is this monster can change its shape from giant dog, frog, cat, or horse. And the Cluda jumps on the back of some late night traveler growing heavier and heavier, eventually forcing them to the ground. Then it does away with them, poor sods. Yikes. Well, many of these entities are shapeshifters to begin with. So... Who knows? Let's continue. How about the guy trash? Good name. (laughs) The guy trash, another harbinger of death. Same MO, harassing travelers, sneaking up on them, scaring them. But, and speaking of shapeshifters, this guy can have the body of a cow, mule, horse, or dog with a mastiff-like head and huge glowing eyes, of course. Uh, Don't want to meet him on a European vacation. I don't want to meet him on any vacation. All right, so (laughs) going on to the Moth Dug. Good accent. The Moth Dug. (laughs) Now, this black canine is heavy in the folklore of the Manx people of the Isle of Man. The Dug in question haunts Peel Castle and apparently is quite the aggressive Dug. (laughs) This guy's a bit different in that he doesn't really roam the roads after dark, right? Yeah, he only roams the halls and battlements of Peel Castle. That said, his description is in line with other black dogs that we profiled. Huge, size of a calf, spaniel-like, large eyes, shaggy hair, and like I said before, is quite aggressive. Apparently having even killed a soldier that bragged that the Duke didn't exist. Wow. Now this happened in the 17th century, and get this, a Methodist minister who came to exercise the Duke suffered the same fate killed the minister while he was in Peel Castle. So I think I'm staying away from Peel Castle. Sound advice. How about a couple short black dog stories? I'm in like Flynn.
A schoolmistress noticed as she was riding her bicycle a large black dog accompanying her as she rode back home to Manton after visiting Lincolnshire on many occasions. The dog would arrive without the woman noticing, only that she was vaguely aware that the creature was there trotting alongside her in the grass. The black dog would depart in much the same manner, being there one moment and gone the next. The school mistress made inquiries in town, asking if anyone owned such a large canine, only to be warned of the ill omens that local legends attached to black dogs. The schoolmistress, for her part, always felt comforted by the dog's presence, never having once felt threatened or in danger. A woman, known only as Mrs. G.B., in her younger days used to meet the man who had become her husband at dusk, where the two would walk to a local pond. From there, the two lovebirds would each return home in different directions. The young woman would take the road to Blyborough Fish Pond in the village of Granham alone. One night, after meeting her sweetheart, she was heading home alone, as she always did, only to become aware that a large black dog was padding silently behind her. Annoyed, she waited for the beast to catch up with her. When it did, she lashed out with her umbrella, only to find that the blow went right through the spectral canine. The black dog continued walking beside her until the ash tree at Chapel's Lane, where the creature disappeared, leaving her unharmed. So, both of these black dog encounters sort of demonstrate the, uh, you know, maybe guardian role that some black dogs are said to take. Because both kind of chaperone lone women traveling, and even though one woman took a swipe at him, nothing happened. The black dogs just disappeared at certain points. Yeah, let's get into one of the bad boys of black dog lore, Padfoot. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Again, I've heard of this guy. No, I'm not talking about Sirius Black's nickname in Harry Potter, right? Uh, you know, Max, we all love Potter lore, but tell us about Padfoot. So Padfoot is known for the eerie padding sound it makes as it draws alongside of whoever happens to be walking alone in the Yorkshire area in the north of England. What's this guy's description? So this road monster can take the form of a large sheep with huge horns and glowing eyes. That would almost be scarier than the giant black dog. A giant sheep? Sheep Squatch, anyone? <laughs> okay, that's a podcast for another day. <laughs> and we're doing it. <laughs> yeah, Sheep Squatch, look out for it, people. <laughs> Coming up. Uh, all that said, uh, Padfoot often takes the shape of a large white dog. And much like the bar guest, his encounters are sometimes accompanied by the sounds of chains being dragged. That adds another layer of terror to any poor soul that runs across this creature. I wonder what's up with the chains. Some sort of damnation? Very interesting. Totally. And this guy, like all the other road monsters we've talked about so far, should never be approached or attacked. Bad things happen to those who do. Again, tread carefully if you're ever out in the countryside or the coast of England and you feel like you need a night walk to clear your head. Maybe just have a pint on the porch and get off your damn phone. <laughs> These phantom hounds just might be waiting to give you the scare of a lifetime. Sound advice. Let's talk about Scriker. This is a Lancashire legend of the northwest of England and follows the same patterns as his northern brothers. Giant dog with huge glowing eyes that makes a squelching noise as he approaches you. Whatever you do, don't touch or attack him. He can also be heard shrieking in the woods around the area before his nightly patrols. Noisy bugger. Let's move away from England and head over to France. Lead on. 
So the Ranger d'eau is a massive black hound sighted around Normandy in northern France. Nice, good pronunciation. <laughs> what does Ranger d'eau mean? Gnar of bones. Right, okay. Sorry I asked then. <laughs> yeah, this monster is said to inhabit the Harbinger of Doom role as well as attacking and scaring the hell out of nighttime travelers in the Normandy region. He's no daisy. He's no daisy at all. No, bit of a bad boy. And staying in France, Brittany to be precise, we have the Key Du. And honestly, this large black dog is more of a psychopomp, believed to guide the souls of the dead to the other world. And he stays with the souls until they're reborn into our world. The Key Du sounds like it occupies a very similar road to the Cushy out of Scottish folklore. Now, this large, green, furred, bull-sized canine is sent to haunt the Scottish Highlands. Now, to hear him bark three times is an omen of death for those who heard it. And it was said he appeared to carry souls of the departed to the afterlife. So very much in the role of the psychopomp, like the key do. Now that's a good boy. Almost as good as the lottery Labrador. <laughs> I agree. Very good boy. So let's get into a quick tale. Let's do it. Bungay Market, Suffolk, displays a weather vane with a large black dog alongside a bolt of lightning which commemorates one of the only chronicled black dog attacks in the world. Reverend Abraham Fleming wrote about the encounter in A Strange and Terrible Wonder. Between the hours of 9 and 10 in the morning on Sunday, August 4th, 1577, a black dog was reported to have invaded St. Mary's Church of Bungay near Norwich, bursting through the front doors during a lightning storm. The beast slew two churchgoers who were kneeling in prayer. The killing of the two, a man and a boy, caused the church steeple to collapse through the roof where the hellish canine exited the place of worship. And if anyone doubts the account, scorch marks were made by the black dog's claws and remain on the north door, which can be seen to this day. The beast then traveled 12 miles to Blythburg, where it appeared in the Holy Trinity Church. And there, it killed three more parishioners, as well as injuring members of the congregation there. He flew with wonderful force to no little fear of the assembly out of the church in a hideous and hellish lightness. While some thought the devil hound a lost member of the wild hunt, many witnesses claim the beast was a hell hound, an emissary of the devil itself. Man, talk about intense. Those poor people just getting their praise on and attacked by a creature out of legend that arrived with a storm. Seriously, the church, especially back then, was meant to be a sanctuary against the powers of darkness. And this black dog assaults two different churches, killing parishioners in both. It's crazy. I like the lost member of the wild hunt theory. Same. I've always liked the Hearn the Hunter or wild hunt lore out of England, but I feel like the head huntsman probably keeps a tight leash on his pack. Yeah, you don't get to be the head huntsman by being lax with the hounds, that's for sure. I'd like to bring up another large, evil black dog, and this creature's out of Catalan myth. Like we said, the black dogs like to travel. Yes, sir. And this monster is called the Dip, D-I-P. And the name is a shortening of the municipality of Pradip, from where the hounds were first sighted in the 14th century. So what's up with these hounds? Well, the dips are more vampiric in nature. They're known to suck the blood out of both people and animals. Boom. Chupacabras. Mystery. Solved. Black dog. Mm, sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Black dog like chupacabras sighted down south of us near Cuero, Texas. Obviously a dip. Look at us, man. The dips have moved from Spain to Cuero. I mean, that's pretty much the same thing. We're just here having a show solving cryptid mysteries right off the bat. Travel Channel, Max and I are ready for a close-up. Give us a call. 
definitely not ready for my close-up. Me neither. Okay, so the dip myth eventually made its way onto the iconography of the Church of St. Marina, where her statue was held aloft by four dips, showing the power of good over evil. Very cool. So let's stay with Latin folklore and talk about the Cadejo. Nice. I love the legend of the Cadejos. Now we're moving across the pond to Central America. Yes, we are. Nice to get away from Europe every now and then. Yeah, let's have some tacos and tequila. After the show. Fair enough. You're buying. (laughs) All right. The Cadejo is a black dog out of Central American lore, as we said. Talking Mexico, Guatemala, Mm -hmm. El Salvador. Though the legend is spread a little further south and north, and it's still a strong Central American belief. Cool. So does the Cadejo hit all the same marks as his English cousins? Yeah, for the most part. He's huge. Size of a small pony. Shaggy-haired. Goat hooves, blazing red eyes. You know, for the most part, typical stats for a black dog patrolling the lost roads at night for solo travelers. Uh, Except maybe for the hooves. The similarities kind of end there, though, because the Cadeja has a few characteristics that are uniquely his own. One thing is, he's often accompanied by the smell of rotting meat. Gross. Cadejos, like most black dogs, cannot be killed. Par for the course. But they can be driven away. Ah, well, that's new. So how does that happen? Asking for a friend that's about to hike through Central America. They can be dispelled by a good-hearted man wielding an iron machete. Okay, random. Hey, I wonder if a good-hearted woman wielding an iron machete will do the same trick. One can only guess. So, now another thing in Cadejo lore, as opposed to the European black dog legends, is that sometimes Cadejos appear in pairs, a black and a white Cadejo. The white Cadejo is good and protects travelers vagabonds and drunks on the way home. Mm, That white Cadejo was my spirit animal. (laughs) And the black Cadejo, sometimes thought to be the devil himself, tries to kill the travelers. That's harsh. You know, he just goes straight past terrifying travelers to outright killing them, unless the white Cadejo is there to save them. And just like the English black dog lore, sometimes the roles are reversed, with the white Cadejos being the evil ones and the black Cadejos are the good guys. Like we said earlier, the good guys don't always wear white. So interesting. The roles of the black and white dogs play in the midst of these creatures. Again, with the duality, the black and white dogs, good and evil, almost a yin-yang, like these black dogs are balancing each other out when the white dogs come out. True. And with few exceptions, it seems that if you leave the dogs alone, they might just leave you alone. Eyes forward, folks. No touching the black dogs as they do their bloody best to scare the living hell out of you. Really, you should never try to touch service dogs while they're working. Exactly. They're just doing their job, people. (laughs) They may just be walking by your side along these lonesome roads, guarding you from the real evil that's actually stalking you. Evil that our pathetic human senses can't even fathom. You scare me, Max. Just hypothesizing, Rock. We never know. True enough. So, guys and girls, that's going to do it for us this time around. And thanks for hanging out and spending your valuable time with Max and myself. Please tell your friends about our little podcast. Yes, indeed. If you like what we're doing, spread the word. Give us a shout out on Twitter. Visit us at nightmarespodcast.net and check out our Facebook page. And if you're so inclined, or even if you're not, but are persuadable, please head over to Apple. Give us a nice review and a five-star rating. They really, really help. Max is not lying. He lies on occasion, (laughs) but he's not lying here. Those five-star reviews really help us get noticed, so we'd really appreciate it. And gang, the music for our show is Calliope's Call by the lovely and talented Teresa Joy. As always... Find her at Viobrite, V-I-O-B-R-I-T-E, on the gram and Facebook. And lastly, as always, sweet dreams. Sweet dreams.